In the aftermath of the McCarthy ouster, the question is whether Matt Gates is a hero or villain. Kamala Harris botches another interview, plus Gavin Newsom runs over a kid while playing basketball. All that and more, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Representative Matt Gates because whether you like him or not, and that will be a big focus of this segment, there is no doubt that Gates's actions almost single-handedly are what got us to the position we are in now as Republicans with having a new conservative Speaker of the House. It was Gates who demanded concessions from Kevin McCarthy before Gates would even consider voting for McCarthy for Speaker of the House. McCarthy and his allies held firm, perhaps thinking that they didn't need support from the House's conservative wing. Then came the shocker. McCarthy failed on his first vote on the House floor to become Speaker, and failed on the second vote, and then the third vote, and on and on. The effort led by Gates forced McCarthy into a major decision, either abandon the Speakership, something that was not going to happen, or do a deal. McCarthy chose to do a deal. And on vote number 15, Gates and enough of the holdouts voted for McCarthy. But this is where things got interesting because apparently the establishment didn't get the memo that deals need to be honored, that budgets need to be negotiated in good faith, that continuing resolutions need to stop. All the items that McCarthy agreed to, when those terms were broken, Gates moved into action and dropped the House version of a nuclear bomb. Gates put forward the motion to vacate the chair. Of course, all the Democrats joined in to oust McCarthy. Why wouldn't they? They loved the chaos and disarray. Gates, Gates led the charge and McCarthy was gone. But that led to over three weeks of wrangling, nominations, failed votes, renominations, and more failed votes until Mike Johnson was finally elected. Now, I saw an interesting exchange on Newsmax between host Eric Bowling and guest Bill O'Reilly on the ouster of McCarthy and the election of Johnson. It turns out O'Reilly is not such a fan of Matt Gates. You don't like this idea of, of, of bouncing uh, McCarthy and bringing in this very conservative Mike Johnson. I, look, I don't know Johnson. I don't know what he's going to do, but I didn't think McCarthy did a bad job. Uh, I think uh, Gates is an ideologue and he's a self-promoter and eight Republicans in the House out of 220 uh, got uh, the speaker canned. I mean, that doesn't sound like a good strategy to me in the process. Embarrass the Republican Party in a time when we need um, that party to stand up against the insanity that we're looking at from the Democrats and Joe Biden. OK, let's break down those comments for just a bit. O'Reilly is right that we are at a time when we need the Republican Party to stand up against Joe Biden and the Democrats. So the key question is, were we? Were the House Republicans doing what they needed to do? The answer is no. The House passed a budget deal that showed a lot of promise. Biden put out his own budget deal that was light years away from the Republican plan. Enter McCarthy. And the final deal almost exactly resembled the Biden plan. McCarthy was not doing a good job and not living up to the promises he made to win the speakership. Here's more from O'Reilly. Gates is not a big picture guy. I am. Um, he, he's free to believe whatever he wants to believe. But if 
if Matt Gates were in charge of the Republican Party, believe me, nothing would ever get done if the Democrats held the Senate and the presidency. Nothing across the board. Man will not compromise. And, you know, he's gloating now. I don't know what you're gloating about. I thought McCarthy ran the show pretty well. O'Reilly says Gates is not a big picture guy and that if Gates were in charge, nothing would get done. On the flip side, O'Reilly says that McCarthy ran things pretty well. Does he think that because things were getting done, that's why he thinks that McCarthy was okay? If so, then you need to ask yourself, are the things that are getting done actually good for the country? O'Reilly then adds this bit of head-scratching commentary. You govern by working with the opposition. That's the way the Constitution was set up by the founding fathers. You don't walk in there and say, I want this, I want that, when you don't have the votes to get it. And that well, you don't have the, the, Bill, the, the process the, the worked. Right I mean, gra granted, the timing was awful because they they bounced McCarthy and then you, don't, you know you Hamas don't, attacked you Israel. Better timing, but 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 you, but 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 the you process, don't know if the worked. process ended worked up or not. With a well, I can tell you that Mike Johnson's is far more conservative than Kevin McCarthy ever was or will be. I can tell you, I okay. know that much. Well, what Final difference thought. does that make? Wow, where do I even start? First of all, this idea that our founders wanted a government to quickly get things done is false. They purposely designed the Senate to slow things down. The idea is that unless there is great consensus, then the result is gridlock. And I'd rather have gridlock than a bunch of establishment Republicans siding with Democrats to have more spending, no budgets, and endless wars. Enough. O'Reilly says McCarthy was doing fine. And what difference does it make if Johnson is more conservative? It does make a difference, and here's why. And it goes back to the gridlock that I mentioned. Gridlock is broken, things get done, if the right message gets out. If the Republicans put forward conservative plans that get shot down because they don't have enough votes, then maybe the next election cycle, the American people hear about those plans and say, hey, I like that. Let's vote for more of those conservatives and give it a shot. Then you have more votes, then you get stuff done. But if we don't have a leader who is pushing a conservative agenda, whether it passes at this moment in time or not, then we gain nothing. Then we have the establishment working with the Democrats. Change only occurs if you push and push and push. So is Matt Gates a hero or a villain? To answer that question, I think you need to ask yourself, are we better off with Mike Johnson or should we have just stayed with McCarthy? That's the key question. If you think we are better off with Mike Johnson, then you have no choice, none, except to give credit to Matt Gates, because none of these things would be possible without him. If you believe McCarthy should have stayed, then yes, Gates is probably a villain. But to me, Gates represents what it means to hold people accountable and fight for principles. Debate the approach and person all you want, but the results speak for themselves. So let me know what you think in the comments. Matt Gates, hero or villain? All right, next let's talk about Kamala Harris. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Next we have Kamala Harris, who recently spent some time with CBS News to convey to a national audience absolutely nothing. Her statements are so void of any substance and they often just make you scratch your head and wonder, what is she even thinking? Here's Harris on the border crisis. 
most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border, you and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship. As usual, Harris didn't answer the question, and the interviewer didn't do a good job asking the question either. The significant factor is not how many people are trying to cross the border, it's how many have crossed the border illegally. The number is up over 10 million people since Biden took office. That number includes around 8.4 million apprehensions and an estimated 1.7 million gotaways. Yes, we need a solid immigration policy, but first we need to secure the border, period. End of story. Here's Harris on her unpopularity. Why are you not 30 points ahead? Well, I'm not, I'm not a political pundit, so I, I, I'm not going to speak to that. But what I will say is this. When the American people are able to take a close look at election time on their options, I think the choice is going to be clear. Bill, we're going to win. Let me just tell you that. We're going to win. The American people have been taking a close look. And what they see is a disaster in the White House. I really think that the left just assumes they will face no resistance. And when it happens, they don't know what to think. Harris was also asked about the drop in support from people under 30. And here's her reply. Recent CBS poll found that at the beginning of President Biden's term, 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now it's less than 50%. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. When we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt, polls very high. Uh, the challenge that we have as an administration is we got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge. So what does it say when Biden and Harris advocate popular left-wing programs and young people who tend to be more liberal, reject Biden and Harris. It means they are really doing a bad job, and even those on the left want someone different. Harris can't seem to get out of her own way. While Biden stumbles on stairs, Harris stumbles on words. What a pair. All right, next here's some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. A city in California has become the first U.S. city to officially denounce Israel and side with Hamas. According to a reporting by the Los Angeles Times, The Richmond, California City Council voted last week to support the Palestinian people of the Gaza Strip with a resolution that accuses Israel of, quote, ethnic cleansing and collective punishment, end quote, nearly three weeks after the war broke out in the Middle East. The resolution is believed to be the first show of support by a U.S. city for the Palestinian people after the October 7th attack carried out by Hamas on Israel. As noted by Turning Point USA's Charlie Kirk, one-third of Richmond's population was born outside of the U.S. And it shows you that mass migration and the refusal of the left to teach American culture has its consequences. All right, next, the Merchant Marine Academy is under fire for its new transgender policy, which will allow students to basically take time off and not have to fulfill their duties or studies while undergoing gender transition. As reported by the New York Post, Representative Jim Banks wants answers from the academy 
after the Long Island Institute implemented a new policy allowing midshipmen undergoing gender transitions to seek exemptions from their military service requirement. Banks, who chairs the House Anti-Woke Caucus, told the Post that our service academies are critical institutions for the security of our nation, not laboratories for the far-left social experiments. Forcing radical gender ideology on the young men and women who want to serve their country is dangerous and wrong. And finally, California Governor Gavin Newsom was in China doing his I'm not running for president thing and decided that while he's not running for president, he's going to run into a little kid instead. Newsom, trying to be cool on the basketball court, showed off his moves to a bunch of children and took one out in the process. What is it with Democrats falling down all the time? If you have an idea, let me know in the comments. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.